Well, everybody's heard about the bird. Grown men watch this shit. A podcast about indie wrestling. All right, hi guys, welcome to Grown Men Watch This Shit, a podcast about indie wrestling with your hosts, Chris and my good friend, Jeremy. Uh, My name is Jeremy Tate, aka sometimes, sometimes known as James Vanderbeek on, on the Twitter machine. Oh. It's ridiculous. Don't worry about it. You might figure it out later. Who cares? So what's yeah. going on, Chris? Oh, man. I am uh, slightly more alive uh, than I was following uh, that WrestleMania weekend. That ridiculous <laughs> amount of shows that we made it through. I was, I was like, legit dead afterwards. Um, yeah, went to Chicago after it, and the whole time in Chicago, I was just, like, so sick and on death's door. Like, it was a bad time. How how did you pull up afterwards, sir? Uh, I did probably fared as well as you, but you're probably, I imagine you were off a little bit worse since you had such a long travel ahead of you as well. But, man, after I got home, I rested up because, as you know, I did injure myself on the trip. Pretty gnarly tripping at a bar while sober, mind you. Um, <laughs> That's the best yeah. part. That's the best part, the fact that it was yes. while sober. Um, yeah, and then the things that were to come afterwards. Yeah. So after I got home, man, I honestly, I thought my my leg was seriously jacked up, so I was nervous. But it's all healed up pretty okay. Everything's fine now. And, man, I had to go to other shows immediately afterwards. And that was like, man, I, I love wrestling, but it almost felt wrestled out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can definitely relate. But, I mean, that is the, the commitment that um, – we we expect uh, out of these indie wrestling maniacs that uh, that run this show, you know, we uh, rain rain snow or shine. I don't know what that saying is officially, but you know, you get the gist. <laughs> we will see indie wrestling no matter what uh, state we're in. And even after we have sat through like eight hours of um, terrible WrestleMania, but alas. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. There's a, it's a, spe- a special breed of wrestling fan like yourself and myself who actually take time to travel to other countries or other states, long-distance places to go watch and enjoy professional wrestling. And I imagine anybody who would end up listening to this show is of similar ilk. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're a special breed of wrestling fan when you have that kind of commitment. I think so, yeah. And that's like a big part of um, like my want to do this show. You know, it's like there are other people out there that are on the, the same level of um, dumbness, basically, when it comes <laughs> to their commitment to this shit. Um, and, and it's like I didn't used to know how many people were out there. Like, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I started watching indie wrestling maybe in like 2002, 2003 when um, ROH was getting real hot. And mm-hmm. to me it was like it felt like me and some other like tape trading wrestling nerds and that was about it um but now like just seeing uh that that scene at uh that like long beach new japan show uh, that i got to go to and and then just everything in new orleans where it's like indie wrestling basically took over new orleans and uh, i was just having amazing chats with this dude that dude and and it's just like it, it feels like it's broken through from that um you know lame 
wrestling nerd uh, cliche of uh, living in their, their mum's basement type of deal to just being like, you know, normal people who uh, who like to go out and drink some beer and, and watch some crazy shit. Yeah, maybe see a wrestler pile drive another guy in the middle of Bourbon Street. That kind of shit happens, you know? How great an introduction was that? Okay, so let us set the scene um, for the, the listeners at home of, of this amazing moment. You know, obviously, you probably heard in uh, the state of Louisiana, we had some restrictions for WrestleMania weekend about the, the blood um, and uh, most uh, famously about the, the not wanting any pile drivers. Um, so I think a lot of people were thinking, how's this weekend going to go without pile drivers? We even have a, a show called Pancakes and Pile Drivers. We have Minoru Suzuki coming out. How can there be no pile drivers? And uh, yeah. then we, we got into our, our first night out, right? Was this Thursday night? Yes, sir. Yeah, or maybe Wednesday night. Dude, they all blur together at this point. It was like a... Uh... A single night that all translated over an entire week, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, um, yeah, I think I got in Wednesday night, and the first show was Thursday with that, that Bloodsport one. So this may have been yeah, Wednesday like, night when we when we got to have a, a great reunion. That was the first time I've, uh, I got to see you since um, our, our awesome night of beers in Seattle last time. Yes, sir. Yeah, you actually, I think the timeline you're – Point now now is actually the correct one. I apologize. But yeah, man, uh, running into somebody who, of course, we are international friends and we don't see each other on a very regular basis. And he's made his way up to Seattle to visit me. And I guess at some point I, I have to make the same. But uh, uh, Seattle's yeah, way cooler than Brisbane. Just let's let's keep it in Seattle, you know. <laughs> Sounds, <laughs> all right, all right, man. But yeah, uh, it's been way too long and. Man, sometimes you know when you go to wrestling shows, you'll meet somebody that you just connect with. And when me and first me and Chris first met down at PWG at Bola, we just decided, hey man, this is my homie. We're bullshitting for this entire the rest of the weekend, and we've been bullshitting ever since. And now we're doing the fucking show. Yeah, so cool. And and yeah, that's that's like a big part of it as well. You know, you're just meeting these people that you have these connections with. And I felt like as soon as I met you in that that car park, I'm like. I just felt like I knew you forever, and I was like, "All right, I'm going to get along great with this guy for the rest of this weekend." And then we did. Hell yeah! Uh, yep. And then yeah, randomly, well, not so random, but pretty randomly on Bourbon Street, then encountering Joey Janela giving <laughs> this gentleman a pile driver in the middle of Bourbon Street, and uh, maybe we shouldn't talk about that. We don't need the state commission coming after Joey late. Uh, no, actually, no. I think he, he posted online. I think we're okay. Yeah, I, I thought it, it was a pretty special thing. And our first bit of wrestling we got to see was Joey Janela pile driving some drunk dude in the middle of Bourbon Street while a bunch of wrestling fans were surrounding them, jumping up and down, like popping like crazy. We got to see a pile driver on this weekend. Fuck yeah. Um, and then motherfuckers trying to hustle uh, us for maybe some party favors at times. And, you know, that somebody <laughs> might go run to get some money and trip and hurt his leg. And, you know, it happens. Those things happen on Bourbon Street. <laughs> Those things happen on Bourbon Street. Uh, hot tip. Hot tip for anyone playing at home, planning on going to um, uh, New Orleans in the, the French Quarter in the near future. After, like, four days of partying pretty damn hard on Bourbon Street, I discovered Frenchmen. Did you discover Frenchmen at all, Jeremy, during your time there? I was... 
supposed to go there my last night, but I was I was initially so exhausted I was going to stay in, but then everyone at least convinced us to go out on Bird because it was so close to the hotel room. But you know what? I heard that place is pretty awesome at nighttime. How was Frenchman Street or whatever, that area? It was great. Like We were staying um, like one the suburb or whatever over from, from Frenchman. Um, so we like walked straight through it like those those first four nights just looking around like oh yeah this place looks pretty cool you know um but we, we didn't go there and then on the, the last night um my uh my buddy john who uh actually uh, just got engaged during his his time there in uh new orleans um we, he wanted to do a big night and so as dead as i was at that stage you know i'm not going to be a bad friend i'm going to go out i'm going to help him out this good night and that was the night where we just hit up Frenchman, and it was amazing. Like just so much cooler than Bourbon Street. I mean, you have to do Bourbon Street still for the experience, but I mean, I think I had a better time on Frenchman. Yeah, that definitely sounds like a missed out on someone I knew before I went down there said, "Hey, make sure you make your way to Frenchman at some point." I'm like, "Yeah, I'll definitely do that," but I, I went far too hard, far too hard every <laughs> night. I was out at least till six in the morning. Kicking myself in the long run, you know what I mean? But you only get to do it so many times. Oh yeah. You um you surprised me a few times when I'd I'd check how you did and I'm I'm you know thinking definitely you went back to the hotel room after like some of these late ass wrestling shows. I think the was it the spring break one that you maniacally went out on Bourbon Street afterwards when the show finished at like three, four three. in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, man, it's three in the morning. I'm still awake. I, I'm all energized because that, even though as tired as I was, that show was so ridiculous. I kind of felt like a buzz, of like how fun, like the PCO and Walter match. Oh. And, uh, uh, the actual clusterfuck was uh, was so much fun. It was the Invisible Man. Match. Invisible yeah, Man. Yeah, the invis- match won by a match or a man that no one could see. And then of course, uh, great sake with uh, Joey Janela. It was fucking. Oh, dude, that that Sasuke match was everything I wanted it to be. Like, just all the craziness. Because I um, had actually been to Japan before, and I went up to Sendai, which is a beautiful place, by the way. If you ever go to Japan, definitely go to Sendai. It's like uh, maybe two, three hours north of Tokyo, specifically okay. for a Michinoku Pro Show, which is uh, basically Sasuke's company. Uh, the same one that was like around from like the the early nineties. Yeah, it was getting all that sort of good um, good reception for innovating that that totally awesome junior style of wrestling that we see everywhere now. Um, and that show was sick, but um, and I was just so excited to see Sasuke. Sasuke even at that point was like just a great legend to me from the the Super J Cups and all the other ridiculous shit that he's done. The um, that, that bump that he takes, uh, people might have seen this, where he's on top of a ladder inside of a barrel and then takes a bump off the top of the ladder, bounced off the ropes, and, and I'm surprised that man did not die. Uh, I've been surprised that man didn't die on many occasions, but getting to see him in person on the Michinoku Pro Show was like kind of, you know, this is his sort of house show deal. He's not going to go all out. Um, and, and great, you know, thankfully so. I don't want to see this guy die. Um, but, yeah, on this Joey Janela Spring Break show, he went all out crazy Sasuke. I mean, he took his um, flip bump into the open-up steel chair. Um, oh, my God. I mean... So much crazy shit, and I think a lot of people there were like 
semi-asleep and or dead by that stage. Um, but to me, I was, like, sort of right in this middle high of, like, this is ridiculous that I'm a show right now. I'm sort of, like, tired, but, like, I've got this weird artificial life in me because I'm just so excited. So it was, like, it, it very much felt like a, a surreal uh, drug-taking experience. Um, but, yeah, it was just insane. And uh, I think my favourite part was when he tried to do the barrel spot with a garbage can. <laughs> Do you, do you recall yep. this? Yes, sir. <laughs> so he's, he's on the top rope. Joe is set up on the outside. He's, like, on a table and some other shit. And uh, Sasuke is with great difficulty trying to put this um, just trash can, this waste bin that he, he – it's just, like, one from the venue, right? I don't think it was a yeah, specific exactly. type. And he's trying to put it on himself. With great difficulty. In in Japan, when they do this, the referee normally assists him, holds his hand or whatever. He was getting no help and having a, a great deal of difficulty trying to do this. Um, eventually, he just thought, fuck it, hurled this big old garbage can down on top of poor Joey and probably Penelope, I think, um, and then just went for a crazy flip dive to the outside on them to, to make up for it. The whole thing. Yeah, man. Great. If all else fails, you know, it just flip on a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the whole thing was just like, like you said, like a drug, like surreal experience. Because I, I was dragging ass a little bit, and I did take a nap in the car between shows. Oh, um, I thought I was alone of... in this. I um, I took a nap on the grass. I had my little <laughs> my little New Orleans uh, safari hat over my my face, just having a little lie down on the grass. It was it was quite nice. Yeah, I took a quick thirty, uh, then popped up, and I felt I did feel rejuvenated, but still like not fully like awakened there. So I was able to make it through the entire show, but so much weird shit happens on a Joey Janela spring break. You're still like, oh my god, there's an Invisible Man, and then okay, now these two guys are fighting the Invisible Man. He's kicking in the nuts. It's I don't know. It's hard to explain if you're not a big indie wrestling fan who's never been to a, a show where there is an invisible man involved in the match, how things go down in such yeah. a match. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then we have, like, and now Mikey Whipwreck is here. And yeah. I think Brian Pillman's son was out there for a brief moment with his uh, cane hitting some dude. I think a lot of people wouldn't even see that. Um, Grado. Yep, yep. Fucking, yeah, such a weird mix of motherfuckers in one match, but tremendous all along. I guess uh, they said, somebody posted something online that said Ethan Page helped, like, basically book that whole thing out, and what a fucking fun match to put together, you know what I mean? Yeah, because he was a big part of the, the first one, and, you know, uh, Ethan Page gets a, a lot of hate in some ways, but um, you, you can't say he's not a, an entertaining wrestler. No, by no means, yeah. He focuses on that. He, like he knows he has a decent enough ability, but he knows at the at the end of the day, all the really good guys were also incredibly entertaining. So he takes up the time to make sure he's really good on the stick, uh, good promos, nice and funny in the middle of the ring, talking shit while wrestling. That I think that's a key for a lot of guys that they they kind of miss out on. Yeah, definitely. He um just like the whole vibe of everything was crazy. Like the um. That PCO Walter match, holy shit! I mean, people have probably heard the legend of this by now. Um, that I'll never forget. That hey, I, I still think that may be the the best match of the weekend. Definitely the craziest. I, I concur. I concur 100 percent because not. I mean, people are familiar. <clears throat> man, sorry, I apologize. Uh, people are familiar with PCO. Man, they 
They may not be familiar from his days back in the WWF, all uh, when he was a member of the Quebecers. Like this guy has been wrestling forever, and yeah. one he was eyed, one of the Mounties uh, too, was he? Uh, what? He was one of the Mounties as well, Pierre Carlier yeah, and. They were, um, both called Jacques that and the Quebecer, like they kind of melded into the Mounties thing. Like I, it's that whole thing with those two guys was kind of, and they became a pirate, so you know. Yeah, and then they had their sweet WCW run as well. I remember that was quite underrated when I was rewatching some um, some Nitro a couple of years back. But yeah, I've, I've for a long time had a lot of love for Pierre Carlelet, and I think a lot of people didn't necessarily either remember him or or remember how good he was. He actually had a short run on the Indies um, in the the early two thousands. In um, I think like a lot of stuff based in Montreal, like IWS. He did a lot of stuff there, and some of the un- other Montreal based companies. He even had like a very brief run in TNA um, yeah. back when they were based in Nashville as the dreaded, it was like Dr. X or something. It was, it was quite exactly. bizarre. Or just X even, I think. Yeah, I think point. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'd yeah, be a fan for a while. Yeah, a renaissance now. The yeah, renaissance, and that's like, the coolest part. Hot, this guy's having a renaissance. Yeah, and like all of the people today who may not have remembered him, like him getting to come out and just show who the – hell uh pco is and, and what a match to do so yeah i um yeah, I, I thought he did so good moonsault. Yeah. Oh, yeah moonsault to the outside yeah, from the one top of the better matches of the entire yeah uh, it's, it's hard to describe seeing a man his age do that kind of shit you know what i mean oh ridiculous and like just i mean you know people talk about um walter's chops but you know, seeing them in person is uh, maybe a bit of a different thing. <laughs> so violent. Yeah, then the, the, with the rumors, I mean, I imagine we'll talk about it at some point. Or we can just go into it now. The rumors of Walter's potential signing, even though mm. he does have dates booked well out through the year, I suppose, uh, read. Um, who knows? That could be like one of those red flag kind of things, throw people off the scent. Yeah, but Walter getting signed, that's a really interesting prospect, I think. Sure Because he's got incredibly interesting look he's huge so vince would probably be really you know really interested in the guy so yeah walter i think he has huge potential if he does come to the wwe yeah he was a guy that for a long time i um you know i I think a lot of people thought he's amazing but not a wwe kind of guy um both because of you know the the look being a bit different to what wwe likes the the hard-hitting side of things maybe not translating as well um sure and the fact that he actually has a really good gig in Germany where I believe he runs the school for WXW and has a, a lot of other stuff um, going on there with them to where he doesn't necessarily need it. And he's sure. just having a great time doing what he's doing. So, I mean, I always like it when, when you have your indie guys like that who have just got a lot of great stuff going on and they don't necessarily need to take an offer. But, I mean, if he wants to and, and do his thing, I'd, I'd be really, really happy for him. Yeah, it's one of those things where some of those guys in Walter's situation where they may not need it. Hey, and a lot of wrestlers want their opportunity to see how they can hang up in the WWE. It's at least give it a shot. And if things don't work out, he you know, he still has a, a situation where maybe he can go back to. Because his school, I, I mean, with a wrestling school like that, when somebody takes steps down, there's people waiting there to you know help out and take up the slack while they're gone. And I think, doesn't Thatcher train there as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that's yeah. where the um, the, the Mein Kampf uh, tag team with, with Walter originated. 
Yeah, yeah. So they, I mean, definitely the seeing him come to the least for even if it's just a short period of time, take it, take a shot, make some pretty good money as far as I'm aware. Um, so, hey, uh, all the power to Walter. And, and then, of course, the other interesting potential or definite signing is that at this point with Keith Lee. Is he definite? Yeah, Keith Lee. Um, now, before we get on to that, I will correct myself. Ring Kampf. I don't want any, um, any complaints. <laughs> I missed that too. <laughs> you know? I played it back in my head and like, oh no, that's not it. That yeah, all, that's, holy crap. That's a little bit different. Uh, mind you, we, we did not skip over that intentionally. That is a flub on our part. Wow. <laughs> we got it. We got it. But yeah, Keith Lee and, and how um how exciting is that? Keith Lee has just had such an insane run um over the last like year. I remember first time I saw Keith Lee was when he was in ROH and he was doing the um it was like a, a security bodyguard sort of weird gimmick. Um, with that other dude in um in ROH whose name's escaping me right now, Shane something? Shane Taylor. Shane Taylor, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, the next time I saw him, I think while he was still with ROH, I went to a Beyond Wrestling show up in Providence, Rhode Island. And for those who don't know, Beyond Wrestling is very very fun. If if you're generally in the area of a Beyond Wrestling show, please go. It's um definitely reignited my uh my interest in um indie wrestling a, a lot there a couple of years ago, but yeah Keith Lee was on the show um and that was the first time I saw him really just in his uh you know uh, bask in my glory uh gimmick you know, and he just killed it doing all this crazy stuff um and that was the first time I was like wow this guy's gonna be a big deal, and fast forward to the bowler that we went to, and that was. Such a, I mean, he'd probably, I think he was over in PWG prior to that, but I mean, something to just cement a guy in. Just what a great performance over that whole weekend. Agreed 100%. Uh, I traditionally am not a big fan of the guy, the big guys doing the crazy stuff, but Keith Lee, when he's taking flight, you can still tell that he's a big guy doing this shit and he's, his body should not be doing that. You know what I mean? Like mm. when he's jumping over the rope, he's like, holy shit, this huge dude is moving. Yeah. And the personality on this man. Uh, so the articulate. Glory, the articulation is, is half of what I love about him. Like when you hear yeah. him, him just like talk and his, his little... Oh, he's got a style of talking that I don't think anyone else has in wrestling today. Yeah, the intelligent monster almost, mm. you know what I mean? Like he uh and then the the whole thing with the basking my glory, it's such a heel thing, but he's so the character is so cool, like people just fucking love it, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it gets over as a face thing at the same time. It's tremendous, man. I and I, I, he's again a big guy, so I'm not shocked that WWE came calling, but they came calling really, really quick. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. He um, reminds me in a lot of ways. I was a big Mike Awesome fan back in the day, in terms mm-hmm. of you know big guys who could just fly into all this ridiculous stuff, like that big um, dive that that Mike Awesome used to do over the top rope to the outside. That I think was in the ECW Open for like forever, where he like, kills the dude and squishes him on the guardrail. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Keith Lee, and, and, I mean, from that weekend as well, we saw that amazing match with Donovan Dijak. Um, so Dijak and Keith Lee, I believe Big Dave gave that five stars, if I'm not mistaken. I think you might be correct there, yeah. Yeah, and, um, yeah, now uh, Dijak's been in NXT for like a year, and he hasn't done anything, which is a bit shocking to me. I don't know. Hope, I hope that Keith Lee is not going to be the same um, same kind of deal there. 
Yeah, and sometimes you think that WWE just grabbing guys that have them under their under their umbrella so they can keep them there, not necessarily do a bunch of stuff with them really quick. And when they were trying to, it, it almost seems like with NXT, they're targeting ROH and making ROH or NXT their version of ROH. So, you know, two former ROH guys with Dijak and Keith Lee and having them under their belt means they're not working for those companies. So mm. I, I'm not one of those wrestling conspiracy theorists. I think that kind of shit's always going on, but with ROH and NXT, it's, uh, Silas Young made the comments after WrestleMania weekend about how so many people came in to watch the ROH and, uh, at the Smoothie Center as well as where they were based at. And they're basically, he's basically saying NXT is the ROH show as well because mm. there's so much ROH talent on it. You know what I mean? I mean, when you look at those cards and you're like, when two-thirds of that card is made up of ex-ROH guys, he's, there's some, definitely some wisdom to that. Agreed, agreed, hundred percent. Yeah, and yeah, now now Keith on his way out of the Indies has PWG throwing a show and naming it after the guy. So I mean, he can't get much more over than that, you know. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I think that's so cool. The Bask in My Glory PWG show, which is both a farewell to Keith Lee and potentially a farewell uh, for Reseda, right? Yeah, the Legion Hall, I think there's still potential that it may stick around. I think the deal was it was going to be gone altogether. And, uh, yeah, so Legion Larry's selling up, right? That's what I was. That's the story I heard. Uh, and then I heard that also some people, uh, well, especially from um, Excalibur's Lips himself, said there may be potential for other shows at the Legion. But yeah. for now, they're going to be doing a lot of their shows from the globe i think is what the name of the place was yeah i've heard that was a very cool venue for that um that first show that they did just uh prior to that new japan in long beach um show i think that was their debut at the um the globe theater and uh, the the reports coming out of it was, it was just so nice you know uh being used to Reseda and and just the the quaint shittiness of that building but it was great but you know and then just everything being nice it's like i almost wonder is it too nice is it too nice with PWG? <laughs> it's not the same vibe anymore yeah i don't know i mean i was of mixed um feelings of it as well because uh that bowler weekend was actually my first pwg show ever and the the coolest part was the venue you know this shitty american legion hall uh just packed to the gills with like wrestling fans and, and like cool wrestling fans at that like there were just a bunch of cool motherfuckers there um and just the whole culture of it everyone hanging out in that car park all day um and it's just like a family kind of deal and mm-hmm. uh that bar you know something magic about that bar where you just get your your whole pitcher of beer and just drink straight out of the pitcher uh, a lot of the, the fans there have their own um, individual pitches that they bring from home uh, with, like, s- custom stickers and shit on there. I thought that was very cool. Um, but, yeah, I'll I'll really miss um, that uh, American Legion Hall, you know? Yeah, um, actually, uh, the tickets for Basque go went on sale, I believe, already on the 1st. I believe they sold out very, very quickly. So mm-hmm. definitely show I'm going to be missing. So I may not ever go to Legion again, man. I, I did travel down there quite a bit. And I, I, like you said, the venue is half the appeal of the place. When you first walk in, you're like, 
this is where the wrestling show is going to be. Do you see all the wrestlers so close? So everyone hanging on the, on the actual the ring apron, like all the wrestlers yeah. sitting, selling their merch, and you, you're just having a chat with them. One of the coolest things for me, honestly, was waiting in that beer line. So the beer line will like wrap its way pretty much half around the other side of the ring, and you're, you're just waiting in line. And, you know, you're chatting with people um, along the way, different fans and stuff, and then you, you're passing the ring where all of the dudes are selling their merch just sitting on the ring apron. And, you know, you just end up having a, a chat with, like, uh, Jeff Cobb, for example. And I had a, a lovely chat with Jeff Cobb just while waiting in this beer line, and such a good dude. And, and like, yeah. so many of those guys, just such good dudes. Same thing with Trevor Lee. Oh, it, I love it. And all the guys take the opportunity to, some guys try to really hard sell you on the purchase of the t-shirt, and <laughs> that's always funny, because, you know, we can't we can't buy a shirt from every one of you guys, you gotta understand that. I've, I've encountered, like, where guys give me the evil eye when I come back and don't buy a shirt the second time, like, <laughs> hey man, they're definitely overselling to be funny, but, <laughs> yeah man, well, great encounters directly dealing with all these wrestlers, and hell, even sometimes celebrities sitting in the front row like you might be standing in line waiting to get your beer with your nuts and dave Meltzer's face in the place like sorry dave i didn't mean to do that to you yeah you may um from from my experience end up um in a, a weird like half hour chat with um shana baszler and their little little crew and just be taken in uh because they're such nice people you know it's like crazy like i'm uh, uh, weird 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 times <laughs> Oh, sure, but the upgrade of Into the Globe and all the video screens and stuff, like, that presentation, yeah. I mean, uh, you can't argue it. You can't, like, it's definitely much better looking than what we could be offered in the Legion Hall, but mm. the the quaint little dirt ball that is Reseda will always hold a special place in my heart. Yeah, it will, and I was, like, quietly, like, I really hope that deal goes through because I'd be really happy for Legion Larry if he can sell that. And that was a pretty nice-looking price if, if that was anywhere accurate, the number that I read. So, you know, if he can sell up and have a nice little retirement, good for Legion Larry. Yeah, and the uh, the main event of that show is the title match, Sammy Guevara and Walter. I, I imagine that's going on last. And mm. that that contest sounds ridiculous. I can't even understand how that's going to work. He's going to beat the shit out of that young man. Yeah, I think um, that'll be great. Is he like, a title, such switch? A contrast. Is he title switch here at all? Um, potentially. I mean, if, if this stuff that we're talking about, Walter, is, is accurate. But, I mean, PWG has always been really good about uh, walking that line about when a guy's about to sign. It's like, oh, you think we're going to have, have him drop the title here? Wrong. We'll have him keep the title for another six months or something crazy like they did with uh, with Ricochet. Um, so who knows? Yeah, yeah. And then Adam Brooks, who I just had the first opportunity to see wrestle this weekend, is taking on the aforementioned Keith Lee as well. So that should be an interesting match. Dude, now, Brooks, I... he's, pretty, he's pretty dope. I'm like I said, I wasn't too familiar with him, but I saw him on one of the uh, WrestleCon venue shows, and talented as fuck. Sure is, yeah. I've been a, a Brooksy fan for a while. He's one of those Australian guys, and I'm just real proud of um, of, of what he's done and how far he's come up. He's part of a group uh, in Melbourne that's probably like the, the top promotion in Australia called Melbourne City Wrestling, um, and... His uh, best thing, first time I actually got to see him once he was amazing, was a, a three-way with um, Will Ospreay um, and uh, Robbie Eagles, I believe. And okay. that match was just so good. 
Like everything about that match was great. Like the, the just crazy spots, feats of athleticism and everything. But where Adam Brooks stood out, he could do all that stuff, but he can also talk. And I'm not sure if um, he's actually got to, to break that out as much in his um, US Indies stuff so far, but he is like such a hilarious, glib kind of a dude um, to where once he starts, you know, talking a bit more in the ring, um, I, I think people are going to love him all over again. Yeah, great guy. Yeah, I was a, I, that's awesome to hear, man. Like, especially when guys who are in Australia who maybe don't automatically get a look uh, on the American indie scene, and when they branch out and make it over here, it's always good to see like guys like Jonah Rock as well. Yeah, who's uh, working. I um, Timothy Thatcher. Your heart to see those countrymen. Mm, yeah, so proud of him. Um, yeah, I've uh, got a bit of a ways back with Jonah, and uh, that's pretty much the, the main reason I went over for that bowler, just to, to see um, Jonah's first foray into to PWG getting a real shot. And I think he did really well on that weekend, and it sounds like he's done really well ever since. Um, he's had a presence on every single show. PWG's flying him over from Australia, which um, is not a, a cheap flight. Um but yeah, he's he's been killing it, and yeah, I'm very excited for this match against Timothy Thatcher. I think they'll have a really good chemistry. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And speaking of Bola, they they did announce uh, the dates. You know, the 14th, 15th, and 16th of September at the Globe. My question to you, Chris, are you considering to go into this, or uh, <laughs> if you're what, are you going to all in, or are you staying home for a while? Oh man, I uh, I wish I um I feel like my uh, travel budget has been a little bit um a little bit flattened out, overextended. Yeah, a little bit overextended for the moment. Uh, to where I'm like, that, oh my gosh, I could go over and see all in. I could see uh, Bola, uh, but I, I think that'd be a little bit too crazy. Uh, my my travel buddy and cousin Ben was also saying, uh, do we go over to Japan again for Dominion? We we're actually there for Dominion last year with um, uh, Okada and Kenny, and that was just announced. Um, as uh, Okada and Kenny main eventing Dominion at Osaka Joe Hall once again. So he was hitting me up about that. But I, I think I'm going to need to go into my cocoon a little bit in terms of the uh, the, the wrestling trips, um, save up a little bit more money, and then uh, hit it hit it hard next year. I also Rational feel quite guilty. Guilty for the girlfriend, you know, all these uh, wrestling trips um, can make you into a little bit of an asshole sometimes. So I feel like I have to maybe go on a nice girlfriend trip for one of these ones. You've, you've had that experience as well. Yeah, I've, I've been there, buddy. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've definitely been there. Um, my last girlfriend, she that's one of her main complaints, is heading down to go down to Bola three years in a row. Uh, <laughs> so definitely feel you on that one. Um, yeah. I'm actually at this time weighing whether or not I want to do because I I definitely want to do all in or Bolin and it's amazing as all in sounds uh, Bolin is a three day event which you know that works out a lot better for travel plans instead of jumping for one day and coming back immediately and mm. three days a little bit cheaper of a ticket too so uh, is Bolin the three sure. days because I, yeah, I I read a report days. that it was only two days this year. That's not what I just read on the thing. I just read. Hang on, let me double check. Let me get back. Let me get back to the last page I was on. But yeah, I think it was three days. Yeah, fifteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth, and sixteenth. Okay, cool. Good to hear. Yeah. 
great. So yeah, that's the, uh, and I again have not yet made it down to the globe, so I'd like to check it out. And PWG fam uh, are are strong, so I mean, think all in unless it was a two day thing, I might have to skip that one. Yeah. It does sound pretty tremendous, though. The card is shape it out to be one of your more amazing cards of history. Yeah, it feels like it's definitely going to be one of those um, moments that you look back on uh, in, in indie wrestling history of, of, you know, if they can do that crowd that they're talking about, and I believe they can. I think they can get that, that 10,000 in uh, just from, like, the, the counterculture um, approach that they're, they're sort of taken with it, you know, first non-WWE uh, show to do upwards of um, 10,000 people since, like, I don't know, would it be since WCW? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and then, dude, honestly, with the, the way they have the ticket price structured, I it's totally realistic. Like, the front row, mm. the really, really close stuff is 153 bucks. That's yeah. Like, uh, totally realistic for any indie show and then and, scaled all the way down to 28 dollars yeah fucking eight like that's how can you even if you're way up in the bleachers like in the as they call it the nosebleed section um it's still a great event like i know people who go to wrestlemania and get tickets way up in the far right where you can't really even see what's going on yeah that's pretty much where we were yeah i mean you go for the experience it's not necessarily the wrestling for that kind of thing but even this like you know if it's a the sears center um you know those upper deck seats aren't aren't gonna be too bad no not at all yeah i mean the the card sounds like i mean we don't know the card yet but just in terms of the talent announcements it sounds like it's going to be pretty crazy um well we've got cody the bucks kenny omega Stephen amell wonder what he's gonna be doing He's uh, the the green arrow. Yeah, yeah, the arrow. I um, I'm yeah. not much of a arrow watcher myself, but uh, I hear it's Nor great. Am I. He seems like a great guy, and he was amazing in that um, weird little foray that he had in a was that WWE match against Stardust that I'm recalling a little while yes, back. Yes, sir. Yeah, and I, 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 he actually was one of the people when I left Orlando that I ran into at the airport, nice enough to take a picture with me. So Stephen O'Mell, A plus in my book. Oh, great dude. Great dude. Yeah. Um, then we've got Hangman Page, Marty Skull, Ray Phoenix, Pentagon Jr., Kazuchika Okada, uh, Joey Janela and Penelope Ford, Jay Lethal, uh, Tessa Blanchard, Diana Perrazzo, and Chelsea Green. So, I mean, it's sounding like a pretty awesome um, talent list so far. I mean, do you think there's going to be a big surprise kind of a name that's going to be dropped prior to the show that may um, <laughs> get people excited? The name I always hope is the one that's going to be announced is one uh, CM Punk, but I, yeah. I, I I don't know, man. That would be – I'd lose my shit. Um, I think a lot one of people demand would. You did, one man you did mention was Adam Page. The this is a guy who have you the development of his career because he's like on the list of the people we mentioned. Yeah, probably yep, like sure is. The, the least known name on the on the list, and he has escalated, elevated his game, making it over to Japan. Oh, um, man. Became a real standout of ROH and sure did. Wow. Yeah, yeah man. About this guy. I am. Um, I have loved watching the progression of Adam Page. Uh, from seeing him first get over in uh, in ROH um, to like the point where just like on on the duration of this last trip that I had, 
seeing him at that uh, Long Beach show for New Japan where he had like a really big match against Jay White for the the title, the um, New Japan Dude, that US was title. Incredible. That's one, yeah. one of the ones I watched back. That was so good. Such a good match. Yeah. And it was almost like I don't think the crowd was ready to see them at at that uh, spotlight on that show kind of thing. Um, to where people were like almost watching it with folded arms, like, all right, let's see how these guys go. Um, and yeah, where was that on the card? Where was that on the card? I feel like that was either semi main or maybe just prior okay. to that, but yeah, it was right up there. And they got like you know half an hour or something like that in time. So I think that was almost like I they did everything great, um, but there was still a little bit of like. I don't know if it was uncertainty from the crowd or something to where it wasn't quite the hitting it out of the park that I think, um, you know, he would have wanted it to be and a lot of people would have wanted it to be. But then going on to that ROH show that we went to um, in New Orleans and he had a match with Kota Ibushi that I think was by far the best match he's ever had in his life. And it was everything that I was hoping it was going to be and I think they both just hit it out of the park completely. So good. I loved it. Agreed. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, I used to do for the people listening, I used to do a podcast for the MLW that were Matt Farmer and Paige was one of those guys we had on our show as they were, as he was picking up steam at ROH and, um, just he's been a guy that I've always felt had something special about him and his promo work. When they finally gave him a, a microphone in ROH, the guy could spit hot fire on the microphone. Oh, yeah. um, so really proud of his, his uh, apologize, elevation in his career and getting into new Japan is no small feat, man. That's not something that they don't just like bring any gaijin over there. That's something's gotta be good about you. It's something really special. You've got to have got someone's taking notice of something you have and, Adam Page is clearly that guy. How do you think he's going to progress there? Do you think he's going to be someone who can win, not maybe just that U.S. title, but a, a junior heavyweight title? Or is that um, too much for this guy? No, no, I think he could definitely be in the conversation. I think they do see him as a heavyweight. Um, so okay. he'd be more talking about that um, uh, potentially, you know, the, the tag titles um, or getting into that, like, never open weight title picture oh you're fair that's fair um or you know i definitely wouldn't be surprised if within the next 12 months we see him as the the new japan u.s champion you know i think if he keeps this um this ascent uh he could be something really special there you go (laughs) yay for words yes sir yeah so no i think that's going to be a really cool show and um i'm like I'm just really excited to see how those first day ticket sales go. You know, is it going to be like a, a one hour sellout of ten thousand people, or has that um, that latest New Japan show with those tickets going on sale with San Francisco, um, and that them moving a little bit slower than I think people might have first thought? Uh, is that going to be how the all in tickets go as well? Definitely interesting one to see how it goes. And with Bola, like I said, uh, is it is that going to be you know the thing that people want to put their dollar into? It's like the wrestling market it sometimes does get a bit oversaturated with these really really big shows. Mm. Um, so I, I don't, I have faith. I have faith. Like the guys have the way they've marketed this whole all in thing has been really fun and interesting. Everyone's waited with bated breath for all the stuff that they're going to drop, like all the little hints they do on being the elite. So it's. They definitely know how to use the marketing machine uh, that is social media to their advantage. Oh, yeah. Cody and the Bucks are smart men. I will never fault them for that. 
I think everything about uh, the build-up for this show, it was almost like a, a viral build kind of deal. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, being the elite, it's 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 been so good. And I think there's definitely a, a tangible level of excitement for it, um, you know, more so than just for the wrestling. But like I was saying before, for uh, just like the, the counterculture moment that this could potentially be. Yeah, and the Bucks Manor is just such a big thing at this point. Like, they recently announced they have their own little Funko Pop figures, like the first non-WWE guys to get that to happen. So uh, a lot of people talk – some people still talk shit about the Young Bucks, but you can't deny the impact they've made into popular culture and the counterculture that wrestling has kind of seeped into as well because you'll see people wearing – like Bullet Club stuff or Young Buck mm-hmm. stuff that he, who may not even follow wrestling all the time. They just like oh, the yeah. cool graphics and shit, you know? Yeah, the, the whole Hot Topic thing. I mean, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. But, yeah, I think, yeah, the, this whole move of this, like, cool era of indie wrestling, I think um, guys like the Bucks and Cody are, like, a huge part of it. Um, like, I, I think they're, they're quite responsible for a lot of these people going to these shows that they otherwise might not have because they're making it cool. Yep. A hundred percent. That's one of the things when we've, like you mentioned earlier, when we were first wrestling fans, it wasn't like necessarily cool. You see a guy in a wrestling shirt sometimes even like, I probably want to avoid having a conversation with that person. <laughs> to be with you, but honest with you. But nowadays, man, if I saw a guy with a young buck shirt up, I'd probably raise up the fucking fingers. Hey, what up dude? Too sweet brother. So, and yeah. move on. We may not even discuss anything. I might just too sweet to do. Yeah. And it's a, it's a different thing nowadays. Um, we don't have to hide our fandom so much. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, just the variety of people that you meet through that kind of stuff kind of blew me away. Like I met this amazing dude um, from France who's a, a journalist over there that was actually over to cover all of the shows. His name was Hal, uh, amazing guy. I met him first in L.A. on the way to the Long Beach show and then just by happenstance met up with him again in New Orleans like three times. It was bizarre. Like how are we seeing you again? Um, but yeah, great guy, and lots of other moments like that. Like I was at a, um, a hockey game, I believe, in in LA. That was actually really fun. And the um, the security guy at the gate, I think I was wearing like a Lucha Underground hoodie or something like that. And he gave props for it, and then was just like, we were just bullshitting about indie wrestling and Lucha Underground and New Japan and just all this shit. And I'm like, how? <laughs> This is so weird, but so cool. This is great. Yeah, man. Tremendous. And like you mentioned earlier, uh, international people, like just the most random people, like me and you, for one, fucking an Australian guy and a guy from Seattle, Washington, up in America, just randomly meeting at a show and becoming mates, as they say <laughs> down under. And good, my good, dude, bloody <laughs> good bloody mates. Good bloody mates. Bloody mates, man. And then, yeah, uh, wrestling brings people together, and it's. It, I, I agree, it's a ridiculous thing. That's kind of why we thought the name of the show, uh, and who knows, it may not be in the long run, but I like it. Uh, grown men watch this shit. It's kind of something that people who scoff at wrestling might say, and like, you know, we're just kind of taking the piss. So who cares? It is a ridiculous thing to watch men uh, do choreographed fights in their underpants, but I think it's fucking great. It's redneck kabuki theater, in my opinion. Uh, uh, that's maybe hits a couple people, but I yeah, love I that know. description. Yeah, professional wrestling is comic books. It's fucking action movies. It's sci-fi. It's this weekend. 
uh, at a show that I went to, a, a little place called Three Two One Battle up oh, here in Seattle. Three Two One Battle. I know. I watched a man by the name of Pitfall Jones uh, use a <laughs> invisible whip to wrap up B Boy, so B Boy couldn't fight him back. And Pitfall Jones kind of does a little Indiana Jones archaeologist bad guy wrestler. Great dick. entrance. And, Great entrance, by um, the way, for Pitfall Jones. Pitfall Jones is great, and you know sometimes you have to suspend disbelief. That's ridiculous—a man with an invisible whip. But I thought it was fun as hell, and I enjoyed the shit out of it. Oh yeah, yeah, in every way. Oh man, three, two, one, battle. So I heard the legend of three, two, one, battle um, from their their, their movie uh, that they had a little while ago. Was it the banana something? You know, uh, Revenge of the Banana, I believe. Body that Slam is the Revenge one. Of the banana. Have you seen yeah. this? I have not. I believe I was. Uh, I saw some like a good amount of clips from it, but I've never seen the full thing, unfortunately. Same, same. So I'm, I'm going to endeavor to watch that in the next couple of weeks. I'll be able to get uh, get back to our listeners or the review on that. Um, yeah. But yeah, just such a, a cool little thing. It's it's kind of like a bit of a art wrestling, like a, a faux wrestling kind of a show. Um, that's just really fun. The the hosts of it are awesome. Uh, the crowd is like I reckon maybe what a, a sixty forty mix of like uh, wrestling fans and then just like hipsters and shit that want to go out and have fun. Um, I think you maybe made it seventy thirty. No, yeah. <laughs> no, so, I, yeah, I, I believe they, that. It, not only is it just goofy faux wrestling, but then they take time to actually travel in and bring in these. Like these really legit wrestling standouts to to bounce off these guys who are yeah. a lot of our trainees. Uh, that's one of the things about the Washington state laws is, in order to put on wrestling shows, some of the shows, the majority of the shows members have to be even trainees. They can't have a lot of licensed wrestlers, and it's a bunch of ridiculous bullshit. But uh, yeah, so three to one just puts on amazingly fun shows where it's absurd and silly, but also you see tremendous actual wrestling matches oh like, yeah, yeah like all of the props for dudes like b-boy and does b-boy run the school oh yeah yeah no b-boy, no. b-boy doesn't okay. run the school okay but i ethan, mean ethan hd who's also a really talented guy from up here he he runs the school up here who he actually was down training at bad luck folly school in new zealand as well oh wow wow yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's so bizarre seeing uh, the crazier gimmicks, uh, like you said, Pitfall Jones, or one of my favorites from the show that I saw uh, was a man by the name of the Backyard Warrior. Oh, no, the Weekend Warrior. Sorry. Yep. Yep. Yeah, big uh, stay-at-home dad that on the weekend <laughs> likes to do a little bit of wrestling. That's the whole gimmick. <laughs> He's actually a former gymnast, so he actually is pretty agile doing oh, yeah. standing boots, salts and shit. It's pretty insane. I saw him doing the gimmick, and I was like, all right, I like this gimmick. This is a fun gimmick. You know, he comes out with the whole uh, outfit playing on that uh, that uh, cliche of the, the weekend warrior wrestler with his, uh, his gym yeah, shorts uh, and all that. And then you see him go, and he he, could, he actually was a badass worker. He could do a bunch of really cool shit, that moonsault to the outside. He did, like, this sweet sliding German under the bottom rope type yep. of thing. Oh, great, great, really fun, fun-looking dude. And uh, it's something, actually, I've been going there for a while now, but I initially only heard about it and never ventured out. So if you're a wrestling fan and maybe you hear about a ridiculous show going on in your area and somebody's not showing interest in it, go check it out. Because you don't, you may never know. You may find a diamond in the rough, like three to one battle, which is incredibly fun and how I spend the majority of my Friday evenings once every two weeks. 
Oh, I love that they have such a, a regular uh, schedule of shows. It's really cool. But, yeah, I mean, anyone in the, the greater Seattle area, and you maybe have some, some friends that are not necessarily wrestling friends but just want to do something cool, take them a 3 two, one battle. You know, I, I don't think there's a, a better environment to get that crossover appeal of just the fun of, uh, of what wrestling can be than 3 two, one battle. 100%. 100%. Yeah, so good. Also, I wanted to give a shout-out to maybe my, my other favorite gimmick there, the bird. <laughs> He's so awesome, dude. So good. Uh, can, how can you describe this gimmick to, to people playing at home? Sure, sure. So the bird is a luchador. Um, the bird is not just because he's of avian descent. He he likes to throw his middle fingers about wildly, and uh, it's it flips everybody off. Everyone, the crowd's flipping the guy off. They're smashing fingers instead of high fiving. Um, and he's a really really talented little guy. Who also, the the entrance agile. music just for people knowing at home. Oh yeah, bird is the word. Of course, of course. Uh, How could he have anything bad, else? Bad, bad. Bird is a word. So you can just imagine bird, 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 bird is a word, and he's doing the fingers to, to match the, the thing. Everyone in the crowd's doing the fingers back. Oh, so much fun. Oh, it's, it's, and he was the recent uh, Battle Mania. He did win the title, but unfortunately, I, I'm, I'm not sure if you watched last night, Chris, but <gasps> the bird, don't the tell bird, me. The don't bird, tell me. <gasps> I'm sorry. The bird is no longer w, er, 3 2 1 Battle Solid Steel champion. It's, he's lost the Solid again. Steel. Solid Steel <laughs> title. Oh, it's back on Daniel Bacabe, where it belongs. Oh, in my oh I'm uh, outraged. Well, yeah. But yeah, dude, uh, the bird just got over so hugely and then that battle mania. What a, what a way to end the show, this guy coming out, cashing in his battle medallion and, and winning his coveted 3-2-1 Solid Steel title. Um, can, can we try to explain the whole... Solid steel thing for, for sure. our listeners. Yeah, man, go ahead. You want me to do anything? <laughs> I so okay. My first experience of three to one battle was that that last show, the the Battle Mania, um, from the really really cool venue, the Showbox. It's like a, yeah, a cool music market. venue. Yeah, um, and yeah, the the main event. Um, it was obviously our, our buddy the bird getting the, the title, but throughout the rest of the show, uh, they have live commentary, um, which is its own thing. You know, in the past, I've kind of like you know frowned a bit on, on live commentary, but for this situation, I think it works great because the guys are almost like live comedians for the crowd, a little bit like um, Lucha Vavoom in that way. Uh, but yeah, throughout, they'll they'll let's say there's a chair. And they'll do a shout out, and it's like this solid steel chair. And then every time they say solid steel, for some reason the the crowd echoes back solid steel. And it, to start with, I was just puzzled. But then as it went on through the show, and they're just getting this solid steel on everything, I was like, I got a kick out of it. And now it's stuck in my head forever. Yeah, dude. The the best is like eventually they'll do a couple in a row and then Murray Grande, one of the, one of the hosts, the commentators will say something, something solid steel. And then everyone will just go solid steel. Yeah. yeah they, they have other chance to like, if somebody gets hit in a dick, uh, Cody will say he hit him right. In the, and the room, the crowd goes, Dioc. <laughs> such a great time. Cheap beer readily available. And, I don't know. It's it. I've never smiled, smiled more in my life than I I do at three two on battle shows, and that's that's a fucking shoot, brother. 
So good, so good. And, and I think cheap beer is the key to fun indie wrestling because I think that's, that's what gets it flowing with PWG. That was a big part of that um, that Beyond Wrestling show that I was talking up before, obviously a big part here, 3 two, one Battle. I cannot say enough good things about cheap American beer. Yeah, they readily, everyone's readily ready to play along because wrestling, of course, is a is a human improv between the audience and the wrestlers. Yes, and being each other and just playing along. And so, getting a little bit inebriated makes the even the uh, you know the people who don't come to wrestling all the time play along a little bit more. They're like, oh my god, the bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, the, they just give they take time to suspend disbelief for the ridiculous men in their underpants fighting, and so that's good. just uh, just a great combination. Really is, yeah, and I mean, cheap beer actually is a thread between pretty much all of these cool indie shows. Uh, the the Joey Janela's Spring Break. Uh, mm-hmm. Prior to that, the um, the WWN um, Super Show. Uh, I was uh, sitting in this really cool group of uh, of dudes. Uh, one of them, I believe, he was from Alabama, and his name was Sid, which is its own kind oh, of nice. cool thing. Sid from Alabama. And, Hell yeah. and he was such a great guy and kind of like um, just some surmised, surmised, whatever, uh, the the whole thing of he, he only started watching stuff outside of WWE in the last year. Um, and he's, he's sort of this whole world is new to him, new to him and exciting. And, and he was just like having such a great time seeing this crazy world outside of the establishment wrestling. And I thought that was just so good. Um, and he was having such a good time. And, and he actually knew a lot for someone that's only been a, a fan for a year. But, yeah, we ended up spending the night just buying each other cheap American beer. I believe it was um, Heineken. Is that one of the cheap ones over there? Um, I think it, they they try to sell themselves as like a, a beer from another country, but I think they are made in America. I'm not sure. Yeah, I used to drink that a lot, but Heineken is pretty damn good. It, it, to me, it always now tell me if I'm wrong. It tastes like marijuana, like that beer itself <laughs> tastes like pot. I could get that. I could get that. Uh, one of my yeah, other favorite cheap American beers, uh, maybe a bit more on the cheap side of um, Heineken, is the classic PBR. Uh, Eric Indeed. Cannon's uh, sponsored beer of choice. Love those PBR tallies. That was one of the best parts about all those shows at the the Sugar Mill. Got a lot of good PBR. Um, yeah, just such a fun time. We're just you know buying one another beer, just talking wrestling. We have our old our little crew there where there'd be a badass match, and then we'd all be like high fiving one another and jumping up and down. Oh, that um that Matt Riddle Will Osprey match on that show. Holy shit. I think that actually was the best match of the weekend. Do you have many <laughs> recollections of that one? Yes, sir. That was fucking tremendous, dude. Um, it's one of those matches where at first I was just like distracted by the circles on Will Ospreay's back. And like, did this guy get cupping techniques to help his fucking injured back? And I guess that yep. must have been what was going on. Um, but Matt Riddle is one of those guys where when you pair him up with anybody who has a opposite style from him, because nobody mm-hmm. really does the the MMA style as well as Riddle, but when you team up with somebody who definitely does the exact opposite, those mixes are so tremendous. Like him and Will Ospreay, uh, I think it's one of those matches where you could tour around the country like they did with uh, Ricochet and Will. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I 
just rated it so highly that they really played upon the very serious concern that everyone had for Will that weekend coming out of that ridiculous spot uh, with him and Marty on the apron in that junior title match in the New Japan show. Oh, that was scary. Oh, and also just to go back, I double checked. Heineken is made in the Netherlands. Oh, so it's is it yes. actually produced in the Netherlands or like it's, made? It's let's see, it, uh, production was in the Netherlands. I don't see where it's been incorporated new beer brands. So they produce it everywhere from Mexico, China, Australia, cool. and in Africa as well. So it doesn't actually look like they're making it in America. Uh, I guess oh, I guess North it is America still an in import. Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Beer beer facts on our show. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. But yeah, man, Will, uh, the that move, the fucking reverse Rana off on the apron, and then he clips the apron with his head and gets all oh. fucked up and gets a concussion. Like, I appreciate the effort. Yeah. But just chill out, bro. Yeah, he's, he's one of those dudes that, I mean, I was a, a big-time uh, Dynamite Kid fan, uh, obviously not at the time, being a 32-year-old man, uh, but you know, one of those guys where you go back and watch his stuff, that's who's with Tiger Mask, all that shit, and you're just like, holy shit, this guy's got to be one of the greatest innovators in wrestling history, but 100%. just took such a, a reckless um, a, approach to his wrestling, or it's like the wrestling is far above the, you know his own well-being, and I, I see the same thing from, uh, from Will Ospreay of just like, I'm I'm hoping that he'll be able to walk in his forties, but I do have a great concern. Yeah, not you're not shitting me, dude. The fucking guy, uh, that is one of the most gnarly spots I've ever seen. And he, like, say he didn't hurt himself. It's like he didn't do that. The landing still is fucked up. Like, there's like, there's no give to what they call the hardest part of the ring. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I, I'm, I'm shocked that like. I, I doubt we're going to see that one in the future. Do you think – is that one retired? Well, I mean, Ricochet retired the the double moonsault. Is, is Will Ospreay going to retire the reverse Rana on the fucking apron? I, for one, hope so. I'd like to think so, but I'm not um, not thinking. Not confident? No, no. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that match with Riddle, they did uh, – what was the spot? It was a crazy spot off the top rope where they teased re-aggravating his neck injury. And you could have hear, heard a, a pin drop in that venue because everyone, like, believed it 100%. They had everyone rush out from the back and, and do all that bit. Everyone was like, oh, my gosh, is he dead? Um, and uh, I think it was the moment where um, one of the referees got in Matt Riddle's face because he was trying to get back in it. We are like, all right, it's a work, it's a work, oh, it's okay. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> but, How do you feel about that stuff? Like, do you – when they – play like sometimes people get pissed when they play that much with reality uh i'm i for one like to have my reality suspended as much as possible so even if they're just fucking work with me i don't ever get mad at it yeah like people are let's just talk about it uh sammy callahan the whole situation with him and eddie edwards oh i love it on the internet on the internet they played it as like it was fucking legit who gives a fuck i don't like shit happens you know reality like oh man i'm so sorry do you prefer them to go full force with it and like play heel as much as possible and say fuck you? We're actually going to try to work the fans this time. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I mean, I think it's getting back to wrestling's always been about that blurred line between reality and fiction, um, and a, a lot of people take the approach these days to 
to wrestling to where it's a, a complete work, almost like in the same genre of a, a fiction television show or a movie kind of thing. Um, and it's, you know, our real life is completely separate to our, our wrestling persona or whatever. But I think when you can actually blur that level of reality and you feel like the guy that you're watching in the ring who's, you know, a piece of shit or a great guy or whatever is something approximating his real personality, I think that's where the money is and I think that's where the believability is. And while some of those those things like we saw with the um, Matt Riddle-Osprey thing, I think that, that went over great. I've seen other ones yeah. that are just like been um gone over like a fart in church um where <laughs> you know sometimes it's not that good and it's a bit more cringeworthy but when it's done well it's done well you, you can't fault it and i i love the way that sammy callahan has um played up this this thing with the eddie edwards baseball bat shot you know like you have all these people questioning if he knows how to work and all this bullshit and he's just straight up being like no I tried to crush that fucker's face in, and I'd do it again. And I respect yeah. that. And he's all like, ah, look at my bank account. It doesn't seem to be getting any smaller. Things are working out for old Sammy Callahan. Yeah. So, yeah, agreed. Yeah, then uh, I got when I got the opportunity, because initially I was, I was kind of like, what the fuck? No real apology. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, duh, that's the way to go. Like, I, I initially did get work injury. Like, I was like, because, you know, I am, I didn't say friends, friends with Eddie, but I was talking to him and stuff, and he's like, help me out get a ride after a wrestling show in an Uber. He's nice. a good dude. A oh, yeah, from all accounts, I've heard Eddie is, like, just such a good dude in every way. He's one of the best guys ever. Yeah. And to see him get and no remorse at all initially, I was irked because I considered it fucking disrespectful. Then I realized what the fuck was going on, and then I'm like, holy shit. I actually got worked for a second, and I respect what the fuck's going on here because that's genius. Yeah. Everyone else in me, I was like, after a wrestling match, oh, you accidentally hurt the guy in your fight, so you're going to apologize? That makes no fucking sense. Yeah, yeah, get fucked with that that bullshit. I, um, you know, the, the moments that I can get caught up in wrestling and be like, I don't know whether that was, you know, a thing or not, um, and, like, where it actually suspends my disbelief, you know, that's that's what I love. There's nothing Hell wrong yeah. with that. And it still happens every once in a while. And when it does, even us most, you know, cynical wrestling fans have to stand back and say, holy crap, that's what makes wrestling great. Like, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. That seemed real to me. And it wasn't like, ah, oh, it's just beautiful, man. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I think this, this Riddle Osprey match just like walked that line perfectly. And then following that injury where they came back, there was such a, a level of, of just, support in every way for Will Ospreay and just hate for Matt Riddle from a crowd that just loved Matt Riddle when he's made his entrance and everyone's doing the bro, 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 bro. And then they just like have this disdain for him. I thought that was just like fantastic storytelling and that finishing sequence was just hot as shit. And yeah, I was, I was so happy to be part of it. Yeah. That's, that's one of the reasons when I, so initially, when I made the trip down to New Orleans, I had no plans of actually going to WrestleMania. It just kind of fell on my lap over time. But uh, I wanted to go and see these kind of matches in these type of venues with like-minded wrestling fans where you can only experience them in, in person. And you can watch it on on-demand, sure. But seeing something like that or like the Matt Riddle blood sport thing with oh. no ropes, knockouts, or fucking submissions only in person is... It's just a trip. Like I've never seen a no no rope match where it's just people beating the shit out of each other. Oh, I love uh, that. 
Um, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of like the the shoot style wrestling from Japan and UWF, UWF, Pank Wrestle, all that kind of deal. Um, and for a long time, people sort of questioned whether that would work in the states, and people thinking it it's wouldn't because you know people want um, their their wrestling to be. Uh, I think Dave Meltzer had a good explanation for it. We said they want their wrestling to be the movie that they're watching they don't want like the movie that they're watching and then oh no but this one's real kind of deal and i thought there was something to it but actually watching that blood sports show i thought it it walked that line so well um and there was a lot of education from it like in the first couple matches um from like the submission stuff where to start with the crowd was reacting to it like a normal pro wrestling show normal pro wrestling match uh, the guys would go to the ground and it'd be like almost reacting to it like it's a, a rest spot or whatever. And then there's a finish out of nowhere and they're like, whoa. So then it got to the fact where it would go to the ground and then people's um, people's reactions would be heightened about, oh, they're on the ground. Here we go. We can get another fast finish again. Who knows? Or like the fast knockouts. There are a lot um, better reactions to a lot of the strike exchanges because of the fact that a flash knockout could happen. I thought the whole thing went really well. I uh, I really liked the Dan Seven match with Chris Dickinson. Um, Dickinson's another guy that's really good, doesn't get enough love. Um, I first saw him in Beyond Wrestling as well, and I think he's breaking out in um, Evolve and WWN at the moment. But um, that match, while well, not being too long, I thought it was great for what it was. And then, holy shit, that uh, Matt Riddle, Minoru Suzuki match. I don't think I've ever seen a, a cooler atmosphere for a match than the entrances for that match, you know? So nuts. Yeah, it was uh, my first experience actually watching Suzuki live, so I was oh, cool. really looking forward to it. Because initially, uh, some people might be familiar, but the the way the card was initially set up, it was going to be Riddle and Loki. And yeah. Loki, due to injury or something, pulled out the last minute and I guess pissed a lot of people off. But this replacement... And what a replacement. Let's talk about, a, let's talk about an upgrade. Minoru <laughs> Suzuki. So I, I kind of lost my shit and said, yeah, I'm definitely attending that one. Um, and yeah, you're right. It, it, like the Bloodsport theme, it felt like a movie big time end of, you know, big boss fight that was going on with Riddle and Minoru Suzuki. And it left, it left excuse me, it you know, exceeded all expectations as far as I was concerned. And some of the stuff, like you said, like the education process, there was this one spot where it was like a knockout where it almost like you, no one really knew and people got pissed at the referee because it felt like he called it at the wrong spot. Even when he came out later, people were still flipping the same referee. So, uh, yeah, I I think it's something that could work. I don't know if there's like a, something where it's going to be like, a monthly program or maybe every no. couple months there's a Bloodsport style show, you know what I mean? I, I feel like a Bloodsport show on every WrestleMania weekend would actually be a really um, a really cool thing. Like, I have okay, a yeah, success like, off that of that one. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. one of those things where you think Riddle would want to, like, if he's not going anywhere, would want to market it some more, but you're right. A, a strong one time a year, I think feel that would be fucking great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I uh, when you're saying about the upgrade to Minoru Suzuki, I, I may, from those early ROH days, be like the biggest Loki fan in the world. Um, yeah. So I was quite devastated when Loki wasn't going to be on that show. But holy shit, I, I think Minoru Suzuki is the best wrestler in the world right now. Um, so I was stoked as shit to be able to see Minoru Suzuki wrestle Matt Riddle. And you were saying before about um, Matt Riddle maybe working best when he's working against a, a contrasting opponent like a, a Will Ospreay or someone like that, um, where I think him and... Uh, 
and Suzuki really worked well together. I mean, it wasn't a long match, and I think some people maybe were expecting more of a classic 20-plus minute type of deal. I think they ended up going like 12, 10, 12 minutes, something like that. Does that sound about right? Yep. Yeah, but for what it was, uh, I thought they had some awesome heat, awesome tension, uh, some really great exchanges. The the submission stuff was just like out of this world. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought it was awesome and was just a, a great um, cap off to a, an awesome night's shows and a lot of people's introduction to the craziness that they're going to see for the rest of that weekend. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. No, you're definitely right. The the chemistry between Riddle and Suzuki was tremendous. And it's, it's one of the things where I think the mystique of Minoru Suzuki, when he's paired with a lot of guys, is like, well, let's see how the fuck this is going to turn out. Because <laughs> as some people call him, I believe, murder grandpa. That guy didn't take no <laughs> shit. <laughs> I haven't heard that before, but I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Twitter, murder grandpa, man. Oh, murder grandpa. so good yeah uh there's there's few people in this world that just convey a sense of just gonna kill you at any moment just with a stare and uh, i think you know there have been few people uh over time i think like back in the day in pwg super dragon definitely had that you know you have super dragon approach you in a dark alley that's some uh some scary shit um but yeah minoru suzuki Totally the same deal. Such an intense stare. Oh, one of the best things lately, um, I don't know if people are onto it, but on the New Japan uh, YouTube page, they actually have subtitles for all of the promos these days for all of the New Japan press conferences, post-show interviews, uh, main speaking segments in the ring, all that kind of stuff. Uh, And one of the coolest parts of all of it, is being able to watch Minoru Suzuki promos. Because I, I used to watch Minoru Suzuki promos and have no idea what he's saying, but just his delivery was so out of this world that I was still just soaked in. And now being able to watch them and like understand what he's talking about, next level. People need to get onto this. Yeah, I wonder like just the logistics of somebody who has to take the time to not only translate but actually transcribe all of that shit. Like, what an undertaking! Holy crap! Yeah, yeah, and they like do every little thing from the show. So they have like the post-match comments from like match one through match seven of like every show that's on New Japan World. I don't know how they do it. Yeah, man, that's 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 pretty amazing. Yeah, Suzuki is honestly. Uh, I saw another match with him with Jeff Cobb over the weekend, and mm. it's just something, it's something to behold, especially with someone who you view as such a badass as Jeff and kind of actually seeing him being taken down uh, by Suzuki. Like at one point, Suzuki had him in a leg vine hanging out of the ring over the ropes, and Jeff was like inside the ring still, like hanging on the ropes, standing up, and it was just fucking gnarly. It looked like it hurt so bad. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was there for yeah. that match. That was that was really good, too. I enjoyed that a yeah. lot. Speaking yeah. of that, the, so the people may not know this because we haven't mentioned it yet, but Chris, luckily enough, after or during uh, <laughs> the uh, Wally Mania show, we tried to run down to the sugar <laughs> mill to go make it into the WrestleCon Super Show. This motherfucker, I got lost. I went the wrong direction. I missed him. He walked into the backstage, the back to the security guard, and just walked through the curtain. I did the same, but I got when I realized I was backstage, I chickened out and ran out. You got to see the fucking show. How was that show? Dude, that was, yeah, I always forgot about that. That was one of the most whack stories out of that whole weekend. So <laughs> I made the decision uh, based solely on how enjoyable previous years while Manias have been uh, on, you know, 
I'm going to go to this Wale Mania. There may be this crazy-ass awesome super show going on down the street, but I don't care. I'm just going to see Wale Mania, and, and it's going to be great. Um, safe to say it, it maybe did not quite deliver to those expectations. It ended up quite early, and um, we were well, we were having drinks, and we were just saying, that show has probably only like just gotten going. You want to wanna just break in? <laughs> because the, the whole show was sold out. You know, I think that was one of the yeah. most sold out shows of the whole weekend. And straight up, without even like a question of it, I think like a quarter of a second later, you're just like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> and I fucking go out of the venue waiting for you and I can't find you. So I start walking. I, me and my buddy Derek, we walked down the wrong way on the road because the GPS was fucking with me. Maybe it was the drinks. I don't know. So we head back to go in there and we. I'm a big guy, so I just walked past the security guard, and, and Derek was right behind me, and we realized we were backstage, could not get in. I'm like, how, Chris, how did you pull this off? He goes, I just walked through the curtain. <laughs> so he just walked. <laughs> he could have popped out anywhere. He could have been right next to the ring. He just happened. Yeah, I, I could have just happened to walk down the entrance ramp for all I knew. Yes. Shit. <laughs> Good job. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah was... That night was that was a great introduction of the weekend. And then oh. Wale Mania, I went back, and it, it actually did. It popped off pretty strong once Wale started playing. Yeah, Wale sounds so, good. I, yeah, I get a message from Chris saying, hey, got uh, me, myself, and a couple wrestlers outside who want to get into this bitch. Can you help <laughs> me out? And I go, hey, let me get, I can do that for you. So I run outside, and I wave all of them in, and Chris starts walking with me because he knows me. Nobody else starts coming. Like, Tyler Bate and I think it was Trent Seven just stared because they didn't realize I was actually the guy that was going to be getting in. Uh, so we, Marty Snow was there as well, looking pimp as fuck yeah. in his suit. Mar- looking fly- Did I help Marty get in as well? Yeah, I think so. You, oh, you I got all the VIPs in. Oh, VIPs okay. in. Alright, so yeah, <laughs> we, uh, we hustle all these motherfuckers into the VIP with no wristbands, and what a great evening. I... I Fucking hey, I got so lit. It was tremendous. Oh, I yeah. Lit. As soon as, as, soon as I worked out that we could abuse that open bar without having the proper wrist tag, I was um, all about that. What was it like rum? Yeah. Some sort of delicious rum there? I very much enjoyed yeah, yeah. that. Very tasty. Yeah, and uh, Teddy Hart and his cat were back there. Uh, my, my buddy's fiance was hanging out, ended up uh, holding Teddy Hart's cat for like the whole night. I think Mr. Cinnamon is the official name of this one. But, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was a wild night, my friend. Yes, sir. <laughs> so good, so good. Yeah, we, when we walked through that, that curtain, I just said to my cousin, Ben, um, whatever you do, just walk with conviction and you'll be fine. And we just walked straight through into the match that was happening in the ring right then when we walked through. And I think it had only just started. Uh, Jeff Cobb and Tomohiro Ishii. That's so awesome. Did you guys have seats or you just stood up and stayed around? We stood up for the first bit, um, which was awesome because it was like uh, one of those, almost like a retro ROH show where you just had like these um, like corner bits of the ring which people were just all standing, milling around and, and you know, going crazy and getting real drunk. And um, then I think like toward maybe three matches uh, the last three matches of the show, uh, my buddy John, who was front row uh, with the fiance, um, actually said, "I just found us two seat. You guys two seats front row. So we got to watch the rest of the show from the front row." Yeah, fucking lucky bastard. <laughs> That's awesome. 
That's sometimes how it works out, man. That's fucking tremendous. Yeah. So while not advocating that all of our listeners uh, break into wrestling shows, please support your local wrestling shows. Don't sneak into them. <laughs> but if ever they are sold out and it's a really good card, um, feel free to take my advice. Yeah, one of the two, whichever one works out best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Man, how long have we been going? I think we're at an hour twenty, so I think this oh, uh, this baby has has reached its its climax. I think we're just little little finishing it off, and yeah, I've I've had a lot of fun in this first show, man. Yeah, dude. Actually, you know, I uh, I am was a bit apprehensive, and not because I didn't think it would be good, just because I'm a nervous Nelly in general and have anxiety ridden panic attacks constantly. But yeah, man, this this was good. I enjoyed the hell out of myself. Always enjoy chatting with you about wrestling. So I think this could be quite a fun enterprise. I think so. I um I I like to think that through our little bullshitty chat you know um there are other people out there who may not have their wrestling buddies that they can have this kind of a a a nice little rapport with um they might not get to talk about this this uh indie wrestling stuff as much as they might like so we can be that friend we can be that friend on the other end of the the line in their little earbuds while they're going about their day and uh, yeah, hopefully they can they can enjoy the the social element of uh, cool dude indie wrestling as much as we can um, via proxy, you know. Yeah, let us nestle in your ear canals, my friends. Yeah, yeah, we're here for you, friends. <laughs> we're we're your friends. Indeed. Yeah, we're all buddies here. <laughs> Beautiful. I like this. I like the sentiment because honestly. It's one of those things where when you do finally get someone who's a like-minded wrestling fan you can bullshit with, it, it does become something where, man, the conversation typically always turns to wrestling. And you may even turn it to other things associated with your life, like comparing regular life situations to wrestling situations. Like sometimes inadvertently, not by any means of my own, I start calling people in real life heels and baby faces on like regular TV shit. Like I don't mean <laughs> to do that. because It's kind of not just like, yeah, this guy's the baby face of this channel. Or yeah. I'm the same. Video. There's only so yeah. much vernacular that your brain can kind of deal with at any time. So I think that's, yeah. that's kind of the deal. Yeah. Yes. All yes, the wrestling yes. lingo, like uh, my girlfriend Courtney will be constantly be like, you guys, you guys using wrestling words again? And it's like, oh yeah. Yeah. I guess we are. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> no man, I um I'm I'm real happy about it, hey. And uh yeah, I hope uh, hope this can be a, a bit of an ongoing thing and, and other people out there can get some enjoyment out of it, you know? Hell yeah, hell yeah. So yeah, other men do grown men do wash this shit. And, grown uh, men do wash this shit. Yes, sir. Unashamedly so. No no, no shame in my game. And there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually we'll figure out some sort of sign off uh on the last show i did get swifty from uh the rick and morty show but oh. the indie riffic is dead and gone so yeah. if we want to adopt it we could it's something that is fun to say but i don't know maybe we'll come up with our own and honestly if anybody wants to get feedback i know this is the, literally the first show but any feedback always more than welcome yeah, yeah, please. Um, we're definitely very open to that, very receptive to that. A lot of this show is just going to be schmoozing bullshit, you know, not maybe necessarily as much structure as some other shows might have, but the whole thing is just a chat. We're just here to have a chat, you know. So 
however that goes, that goes. But if you guys do specifically want anything, I have any specific questions, we're, we're happy to take that on board. I did set up a Twitter account for the show. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I need to follow that. I need to follow my own shadow Twitter account. Yeah. Well, I, I just set it up. It currently has zero tweets and zero followers. However, oh, we'll change that. Yeah. So it's the, the Grown Men Watch This Shit podcast. You can find us at Grown Men Pod. Because we are grown Dude. ass men. Damn right, sir. I got a beard <laughs> and everything, Chris. <laughs> Oh, and uh, while we don't have the cool bit of the sign-off, I do want to say a thank you to the um, the podcasting platform, the guys that are making this magic happen, uh, the great dudes over at Social Suplex. Um, these were actually a bunch of dudes that I um, hit it off with on that, that magical night of Joey Janela's spring break. Um, and, yeah, great guys. They, they run a whole bunch of other shows. So in addition to uh, the grown-ass men podcast we've also got um on the social suplex wrestling network uh one nation radio hosted by rich Lada. we've got keeping it strong style based on new japan pro wrestling hosted by jeremy and my homeboy josh smith uh we've got the ricky and clive wrestling show we've also got the outsiders edge wrestling show hosted by rance and carl and the Wrestling Wash, which is based on Impact and ROH, hosted by Bathtub Caleb Baldwin. And you can have a look at all of those on the homepage over at the website at socialsuplex.com. So wait a minute, I heard another Jeremy is on this platform. So do you think there I need is. to go by Vanderbeek or Beek or something? Because we don't want any confusion. I don't want anyone to think I'm on two shows. That's, mm. that's too much work for me. That's true. Well... I have always found the the Vanderbeek very um, very nice, very striking. I think it's a great name. It sticks in my head. Let's go with it. Yeah, yeah. Let's, Van let's go with Vanderbeek. Let's rock it. Let's go, Mister Vanderbeek. I love it. All right, guys. All right, well, thank you so much for watch uh, for listening. Rather. Um, somebody is watching me though I, there's been somebody staring at me this entire time I'm not sure who it is but we are being watched oh like a, a creep staring in your window kind of deal yeah I think oh hey he's got no pants on I think oh. I'm going to talk to this guy so we got to get out of here alright well I hope he had a great time as well but uh, yeah thank you so much uh, my buddy Mr. Vanderbeek um, thank you Chris thank you everybody for listening and uh, yeah thanks for getting on board See you later, dudes. Adios. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets 
if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.